Hello, 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 hello. So again, the start of this podcast is a little bit different than some of the other ones. The reasoning being uh, myself and Ben have been very, very busy with the day-to-day work. So we haven't been able to put out as many podcasts as we would like as frequently as we like. So some of them are older or have been recorded quite a while ago or not quite a while ago, a few months ago. So you'll notice that maybe some of the information sounds a bit off. For instance, this one, we're speaking about how hot it is and we are now in November. So obviously that is not a recent recording. And we recorded this back in, I want to say August. We had that little brief warm weather that we had. We had like 30 degree weather or something. And we recorded this back then. So yes, this is a, a while, a while ago. We endeavor to keep recording and try and get some more out there um, sooner. But unfortunately, the bill paying comes first and podcasting, unfortunately, comes second. So here we are. I hope you enjoy. We watch the most critically condemned movies, so you don't have to. Hi, Ben. Hi, Jess. <laughs> I am sweltering, so I have a Bailey's um, milk with ice, because it's the only thing Beautiful. alcoholic in my house right now. So this is what Wonderful. I'm drinking. I do love a Bailey's. I currently have vodka and cordial. Because I have alcohol in my house, but I have no mixer. (laughs) So this is disgusting, but it serves a purpose. Uh, And that purpose is to just relax you, get you in the mood. Definitely relax me because the subject of this episode can at times make me a bit annoyed because I am quite passionate about this subject, but... Oh, I'm sure we'll hear that through throughout the episode. So I won't say anything yet. So today's episode, we're going to be talking about Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City which was released in 2021. It is the seventh live-action, theatrically released Resident Evil motion picture that we've had. What a mouthful. (laughs) Right, right. So with Resident Evil, it's, it's a vast lore that's been built up there. It's a vast story with many, many characters. It exists in comic book form. Originally, it was a video game, a very, very good video game, that spawned many sequels, side stories, etc. We also have the movies. We have a new Netflix TV TV show that is not worth talking about, so we're not even doing an episode on it because it's that bad. It is one that perhaps we could do an episode on. However, we're choosing not to because it's, it's not worth, discussing it's so bad but um resident evil welcome to raccoon city basically follows the games i would like to say a little bit more faithfully than any of the movies slash tv series have done in the past that doesn't mean they do it well there are things that are changed in this movie that don't really make sense but they do hit certain beats that are required (coughs) So, this is a hard one to explain the plot of because there's so much in this movie, but I'm going to keep it simple. It's the story of Raccoon City. Uh, Raccoon City is the home of the Umbrella Corporation. Umbrella Corporation are a pharmaceutical company who are also underground creating bioweapons using a virus called the T-Virus. Now, the T-Virus 
is it mutates people. It can turn people into zombies. It can turn dogs rabid. It can turn people into monsters. Um, there are other forms of the T virus. There's the G virus, the C virus. There's lots of different versions of this virus. So depending on the virus that is given to the subject, it will affect you in different ways. The focus of this movie is the T-virus. Um, and basically about how Umbrella have been testing the T-virus on the residents of Raccoon City by putting it into their water supply. Raccoon City is used as a big old testing ground to see how people react to this. Y'all are lab rats. Lab rats. So everyone becomes a zombie or a form of a zombie. You get people that are halfway between human, halfway between zombie, which is an interesting thing to see because that's not something that we really saw in the video games, that general progression into becoming a zombie. So that's a positive. I'm just going to put my positives first. Start on the positive. That's the best way to go. But basically, we have a cast of characters, a vast cast of characters here. Um, we have Claire and Chris Redfield, brother and sister. Chris Redfield, he is parts of, he, sorry, he is a member of the Stars Bravo team. No, the Stars Alpha team. Um, he's essentially a special agent, I would call him. Uh, his sister, Claire, she believes there's a conspiracy going on in Raccoon City, involved with Umbrella. She is correct. Her brother thinks that she's crazy. And in the movie, they both grew up in an orphanage. There's a whole backstory there. It's tedious to discuss, but basically there's a whole scary orphanage involved in their upbringing. Then we have Jill Valentine. Jill Valentine, she's also part of the Alpha uh, team for Stars. And she's kick-ass, always has been in the games. In this movie, she's still kick-ass. She's cool. I like her. Uh, we've got Albert Wesker, who is ridiculously miscast and mischaracterized in every way possible. That's not Wesker. That is not Albert Wesker. And I'm so angry. I, so I've never played the games. Uh, oh, I have. I've, I think I play the games, but like the shooting versions that you got in, like say, like uh, you know, a bowling alley type thing, or like yeah, like the arcade, arcade kind of shooty ones. So that's yeah. that's that's my where my knowledge comes from when it comes to that. But mm -hmm. Wesker, I knew from the Resident Evil Evil films, and he was the guy who always wears sunglasses and he's very like matrixy. He's got like a like, long leather jacket, yeah. and he was like bleach blonde. Yeah, yeah, scary. Very like didn't say a lot, but like you knew he was the bad guy. It was so obvious. Yeah. Whereas when I heard his the guy um, uh, Tom Hopper get called Wesker, I was like, who? No, you. Mm-hmm. Really? I was like, the guy from Umbrella Academy is now Wesker yeah. and like not Wesker in the traditional set, like he just he just is another army dude, like or another like yeah. like police officer. I was like, that's shit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Jumping in again because we had some tech issues and had to stop for a wee second when I say tech issues. I can't remember if I spilled something. Like I said, this was a few months ago. So I either spilled something or um, something got disconnected. Ah, I remember now. Sorry. Ben had some issues with his microphone. So we had to stop for a second. Um, and we lost a little bit. But nothing important. Trust me, didn't miss anything. And we're off again. I know. I know. So... Where should we go from? Um, so we just talked about how we were very, very disappointed in Wesker and how he doesn't have his signature leather jacket, missing the signature mm -hmm. sunglasses, the bleach blonde hair. He's now like this like tootin' hootin' like I'm a police officer like guy instead. And I'm just like, we were like, what? What is this? So we're so already disappointed. Like there's like, oh, okay, this is quite like the original games. So it's like, apparently 
as far as I know from research, because I don't know much about the resident. Uh, I know a bit like from watching the film, like I know the films, but I read up on it and apparently this film is actually two of the games in one and there's two plots going on at the same time in this film. So we have um, Claire's uh, trying to find her brother and escape uh, Raccoon City and we have her brother and his team investigating a house and that's what's happening on their side and obviously the idea is that eventually they'll like collide and find each other accidentally basically because like to be honest they weren't really looking or she wasn't really doing a very good job finding him exactly um uh but we start off it starts off with her as well it starts off with uh you see this this scene from the, the the uh orphanage but Claire is coming into back into Raccoon City. It's very clear that she's not been there for a long time because the truck driver is like, why are you coming back into Raccoon City? Why would you do that? This is a shithole, yada, 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 yada. And um, is distracted, hits a pedestrian or somebody that's been walking around mm-hmm. the dark streets in the middle of the night. Like, they probably shouldn't have been there, but he, they obviously get out to be like, oh shit, you hit somebody. Their dog jumps out too. Um... And they're busy yapping at each other about what to do with the situation. Claire's obviously like, okay, we just need to put the body in the in the, the truck. It was an accident. We we need to bring it with us. He's like, oh, but it wasn't my fault at all. Like, she was in the middle of nowhere and stuff. And da, 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 da. And while they're yapping, a zombie, very not quiet at all, gets up and, like, swanters off into the woods. And... They turn around and it's the zombies, the, the, not zombies, sorry, because at this point you're not supposed to really know it's a zombie, but I think it's very obvious if you know Resident Evil that this is going to be a zombie. So she turns around, gone only like a bit of a blood pool on the ground. The dog starts eating or licking the blood pool. Who lets their dog do that, by the way? Lick, like right. a lick blood off the ground. Even if like it wasn't a zombie, I think that's probably not good for the dog to be like licking up yeah. human blood. <laughs> Um, so Letson's dog do that and eventually kind of goes, oh no, you shouldn't do that. So, um, they go back on their way eventually and just this, like, cause Claire's like, oh, we should go find them. And they're like, I'm not going in the middle of the log talking with this person and they're probably okay. So she's convinced to kind of like go into town and assuming that she had plans to report it eventually. Um, and then we meet her brother then cause it switches between the, both their stories. We meet her brother meet his team and yeah you kind of get that feeling like that he's like uh their close-knit group he definitely fancies uh valentine jill 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 valentine oh yeah he's all about the jill and then you have uh the character which i looked up from the games which is leon leon kennedy i've never been so angry i have never been so angry about how they portray leon in this movie that he's kind of like a little bit ditzy and kind of like is lucky to be alive in the film. So in the games, Leon is arguably the most competent uh, character. Uh, I'd say it's kind of between Leon and Jill as to who's the most competent, not only in defending against zombies, etc., but also emotionally. Leon is... (coughs) He's not my favourite character, but he's certainly the fan favourite. Everyone loves Leon. He's badass, but he's also got a little cute streak about him. He's he's handsome and fly. He's kind of like your 90s, um, what would you call him? Like action hero, but not not buff and big. He's just kind of like really cool about everything that he does. It's not what you get off at. It's not. He's, oh, no, it's not. <laughs> he's not it's not what he is in this movie. He comes across... No ditzy and like clumsy and like how mm. does he have a job with a firearm he doesn't exactly. even know how to use one properly like exactly exactly it's it's really sad because the first mistake that this movie makes is that they've taken resident evil and resident evil 2 and made them one movie because as i said previously in terms of tone and in terms of service to the storyline of the games this movie does it better than any other adaptation's done it. 
but it really trips itself up because it's taken these two games and merged them into one story. It's so difficult because you have such a vast, amazing cast of characters in Resident Evil. But the two most important characters in the first and second game are, in the first game, the Spencer Mansion itself is the main character. And in Resident Evil 2, the police station, the Raccoon City Police Department is the main character in that game. The environments themselves are the main characters and that's why, primarily that's why they deserve, if they're going to try and adapt these into movies, they deserve their own movies. The Spencer Mansion is fascinating. The background of it, the history of it, the traps, the puzzles, everything about it, it deserves its own movie. The, and it's the same with the Raccoon Police Department. It's just weird that they've merged these stories into one movie. It struck me as maybe the writer slash director thought, I might not get the opportunity to make more than one movie so I'm just going to take everything I loved about the games and put it into one. And because that happened, it's just made a really confusing, badly written movie that just, it doesn't really make sense. And it's such a shame. It's such a shame because I feel like if they got a better writer, same director, same actors other than the actors that play Leon and Wesker, they could have done it so well because my favourite character in the games is Claire, Claire Redfield. And my other favourite character is Chris Redfield, her brother. Um, they were cast perfectly. And, I mean, Chris wasn't that great in this movie, but Claire was very good. She was very good. I don't like that they added this whole backstory that Chris and Claire were both at this orphanage where Claire met Lisa Trevor and blah, blah, blah. No, 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 you don't need that. Claire and Chris were never in any way involved with Umbrella before the outbreak in the games. That's what made it so good. The thing that made the games and the story of the game so good is you've got this cast of characters that are thrown into this situation that have no idea what's going on and they have to learn what's going on by giving Claire and Chris this background with Umbrella, with Lisa Trevor, um, with William Birkin. Why, why do they have to know William Birkin? William Birkin is such a crazy bad guy that they don't need to link these characters to these facts. It's more interesting if the main characters of these movies act as the audience and discover things as we discover things. And that was one thing that I think this movie really got wrong. Yeah. I felt like the only reason why they had that backstory is for two reasons. One, a reason for him to stay and trust him, as in a reason for her brother to trust the guy, what's his name? Uh, William Birkin. Uh, William Birkin, yeah. A reason to trust him uh, and a reason why he stayed there in this town because he apparently he felt like he owed Umbrella and he owed Birkin his life, basically. So I felt like that was one reason why they did it. And then the second reason was just so Claire can meet that woman that's wearing a face mask. Of Lisa the Trevor. Tied, yeah. the tied, like the, yeah sewed on face was just because obviously she visited her when she was a child or something mm -hmm. so it was like she knew her and knew claire so she gave her the key uh only because of that and she, there was like a, a knowing thing there and then also just so you can see that claire could have been her claire could have been mm -hmm. one of them children that got like basically like used tested on it was she was that close to becoming one of them children um yeah so i can see why they did it but it didn't really it didn't add anything to the story i don't think the relationship between them and birkin it didn't matter like really like no. he could have been chris could have been just a good officer and knew him as like a really well-known doctor or pharmacist in the area type thing so you would obviously 
like think he's a good band so that and then for Claire she didn't need that backstory either to that woman maybe she could have been just because of Claire and who Claire is that she could have gotten that woman to get rid of the key because the woman trusted her you know I mean and wanted a friend type thing so again technically even though they've put shoehorned this in so that they had reasons for them to get where they're going it wasn't necessary to the story in order for yeah. them to progress um so yeah it made no sense and it didn't really add anything and it just no. was another layer of all oh, umbrella bad bad people they're really bad people yeah. like did you know like they like orphan kids and then they like put them in this really creepy orphanage and then what they do is they pick them out of their beds at night time and then they bring them down in an elevator and then they experiment them on a little room that's what they do and they come back up they come back up guys and then they're wearing somebody else's face or they go bald that's what happens like it's funny because i think that there's so they did the resident evil games have gradually been remade they remade the first one into an incredible remake they remade the second one third one they're now remaking the fourth one and hopefully they'll remake just putting that out there into the universe hopefully they'll remake code veronica which is my favorite resident evil game I'm hoping that'll come next. No, I've but never played them. So if they do, can I come play them at your house? I think we should have a day where we just sit and play the Resident Evil games. I'm so up for that. They're so good, and the remakes are incredible. Like, I'm going to become uh, the, like the one seven... of them, like gamer people who like film themselves playing the games on Twitch. You're going to be on Twitch. Yeah. Like... So let's let's. Hi, it's me. I'm playing Resident Evil, and I mean, I'm not. I'm not making fun. I'm not making fun of Twitchers. I watch I watch playthroughs. I watch let plays, but I would be shit. I'd be like, I am Jill Valentine and now I'm stabbing. I'm stabbing and I'm stabbing and it's killing them. Way. They mean um, screaming about the fact that I'm being killed, I'm being chased by zombies. Like ah <laughs> And that's the thing. Resident Evil games, I mean, as you know, and I think I've discussed in this before, I'm a massive Silent Hill fan. It's probably my favorite game series the first three anyway um of all time resident evil close second resident evil was actually the game that got me into survival horror i've been obsessed with it. i've been obsessed with the lore i've got tons of books on resident evil that i've read multiple times even this movie that i dislike resident evil welcome to raccoon city the one that we're discussing now i've seen it three times i don't like the movie but i love resident evil so much that it's kind of one of those things that i constantly come back to and it's really sad particularly uh, what i've discussed already but what they've done with lisa trevor who's the girl in the orphanage wearing the face mask uh all of that she looks great in the movie she looks very close to what she looks like in the game um, she only turned up in the remake of the first game. She wasn't in any other games. She wasn't in the first game to begin with. She was an addition for the remake. And her backstory was tragic. Like, really heartbreaking. And it, uh, it was quite beautiful having her... So she's an enemy. She attacks you in the first game. She can't be killed, but she constantly attacks you when you're around her but she's not a bad person and you gradually find out her backstory she's a tortured girl who her father had been killed her mother had been tortured and killed like it was a really horrible horrible heartbreaking story and it just had that effect on you that when she was attacking you and you're playing this video game, you don't want to attack her because you've learned her history and you're like, holy shit, like this is this is bad. Like you felt bad for her. In this movie, you do feel a bit bad for her, but mm, I mean it's kind of like, well, whatever, she's here one minute and gone the next. I just feel like they had such a missed opportunity. That's all I'm going to say because I was I was about to start jumping from thing to thing to thing. You need to keep the through line or else I'm going to jump back and forward between unrelated I points. will try. <laughs> um, so, 
<laughs> not making any promises so to be honest i don't know how this is gonna go so um yes so we've met our main characters and then you start to see things are unraveling we're starting to see mm-hmm. zombies um quite a few like it's not even there's not a, like a slow burn type thing um you start to see them and then you're like oh okay something's happened um you're already starting to see zombies Claire goes to her house to look for her brother he's not there or she thinks he's not there so she breaks in he is there he's just upstairs and they ca- also as you do as you do she's like you didn't- as you do she's like you didn't answer so I just broke in I was like oh fair enough <laughs> to be honest I would have done the same thing with my brother's house and I needed to pick lock I would be like yeah I'm getting in here I need somewhere to stay it's happening so Either that or smashing the window. So I think she actually went for a better route than I would have. Because I would have been just like, rock, window. And (laughs) her brother comes down. They have to obviously like, why did you break into my house type thing? And there's clearly friction there. Her brother, there's a lot of anger towards her from her brother. Because he feels like she abandoned him. And obviously you learn that that wasn't the case. But not just yet. As far as we know, as far as he knows. Is that she just left apparently when they were quite young. And I'm like. You can't really get angry at a child for like running away clearly that's from an orphanage um but he's held that grudge he's held it strong so she tells him basically that there's something going on uh, and then she shows him a little ginger man who um had said that the water supply had been tampered with and she thinks is bullshit he again talks about umbrella and how it saved his life and how that wicked Birkin and Fella had also saved his life, so he doesn't agree with her. So their paths crossed, then they're like filtering out again. And so I will need Ben to come back in here. So I don't mm-hmm. know the story with the bald woman and our bald child. Like, is there's next our neighbors? There's a bald lady and a bald child, and there was some blood written on the glass, which I can't remember what I said. Itchy scratchy. Itchy scratchy. Yeah. And then she finds the child on the table, asks if he needs help. And then his mother basically jumps through the glass window and attacks her. In this movie, in no other iteration of Resident Evil is this, as far as I'm aware, but this isn't a plot point, usually. Um, in, In proper Resident Evil lore, Raccoon City is just a city the umbrella deals in and they're doing shady works and then everything happens within Raccoon City to begin with. There's none of this, oh, we're going to test the T-virus on the residents of Raccoon City. On uh, Basically, they build it up in this movie to be that the only people that live in Raccoon City are the people that work for Umbrella or the police officers, essentially. Because Umbrella has left, right? At this point, Umbrella has basically left. Yeah. There's only like a few people that are still there because they're like closing shop or whatever and eventually people are going to move out as well and the rest of them will move out. But they haven't yet. So that's kind of yeah. what they've what we know so far. So I think that's the problem with this is if you um, maybe aren't a big game fan, there's a little bit of exposition missing throughout the film. Like there's missing elements that you don't know unless you, oh God, yeah. unless you've seen the, unless you've played the game. So like, as in like, these are all pivotal characters or there's mention of characters, but you know, because they're ever so slightly different than what the games were or the original, the not original, but the other films Absolutely. where you don't really know exactly what's going on. So like for me and the woman jumping through the window, I was just like, who is she? So that 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 has no relation to the games or any previous iteration of the franchise. Um, but what you what you're saying is completely true. This movie completely relies on you knowing the games. It completely relies on that. It's kind of like there's so much fan service in this movie, which I'm not against. I am not against fan service. There's certain times where a line from the game will turn up, like someone will say, oh, you were almost a Jill sandwich or itchy scratchy or things like that that were so integral, not integral to the game, but memorable moments within the games that you'll kind of go, oh, oh, funny. Oh, that's funny. I'm the master of unlocking things. That's nice. I'm glad I'm hearing that. Whereas I just thought, I was just like, oh, this is like a creepy neighbour that just like, she's just like 
fucking putting like blood on the window and like if she scratches yeah. like oh chris is obviously being a nicey neighbor or something and she is pissed yeah. and now she's probably like oh now he has some girl coming in the house and she's <laughs> all noisy too and then that was just the last fucking straw so she's like nah bitches getting out like that's it i'm done i'm killing them all <laughs> she's a crazy neighbor from the movie's perspective the mother and child have just been infected with the t-virus the same as the woman in the diner um where the more that they drink the water the more infected with the t-virus they become and then they become zombies so basically like being hydrated is like the worst thing you could do in this film they're basically saying drink less water guys exactly <laughs> they've poisoned they've poisoned the water in this film so umbrella are doing that as a test or at least william birkin and his sect are kind of going let's see what happens we're trying to make these bioweapons. Let's see what happens when we infect people with the T-virus. Um, and Itchy Scratchy, where that comes from, is from the first Resident Evil game. Uh, at one point within the mansion, you find a diary of a scientist that worked within the Spencer mansion. Because basically the Spencer mansion was home to the laboratories by the where the t-virus was made so you find a diary that is basically uh shows the decline of someone that is infected with the t-virus in diary form so it's like oh i don't feel well uh having a bad day today people are going crazy oh i saw a guy dead the other day oh i saw blood oh there's dogs everywhere and then eventually it gets to the point that you're reading this diary, but it just becomes words. And it'll be like, tired, hungry, blood. And then the last line is itchy, scratchy. And then when you read that, the person that wrote that diary bursts out of a wardrobe and you have to kill him. So it's kind of sad. It's a sad and really memorable moment. Itchy, scratchy. Itchy, scratchy. And there's actually, I've got a book. I've got a book in the next room about the making of Resident Evil that's called Itchy, Scratchy. Because that's how iconic that moment was. Um, there are so many iconic moments in this series that uh, I think that anyone that's making any kind of adaptation of Resident Evil, they're going to reference at least three, four, five of these iconic moments within uh, the gaming series because they're so beloved by the fans and they're moments that really added to solidifying Resident Evil as a historic survival horror series. It was the first survival horror series, truly. Um, a lot of people say alone in the dark, but no, Resident Evil perfected it and made it. Um, anyway, but when it comes to this movie, like you say, when you've got the mother and the child, it just seems like nonsense. Yeah, mm -hmm. they were already looked weird when she got there. So I was like, I just thought they were weird. Like just like kind of hillbilly yeah. people with like balding heads and that was it. And then she obviously was scratching her face and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is the T-virus. But I, I feel like maybe this the film was made more for the perspective of people who are really into the games. And then they just hoped that people would understand it. Or they gave us too much. Maybe they gave us too much credit. Because I was just like, I think this is maybe a woman turned into a zombie. And her child turned into a zombie. I don't think... We just found out that it was through the water supply, I think. Which also, I'm like, does her brother not drink water? Because then wouldn't he also be infected? Just so you know, the first game is Jill Valentine. Right. And Chris Redfield and Albert Wesker. Those are the three people. You've also got Barry Burton, Rebecca Chambers. But those are the three people in this movie that are in the first game. The second game is Leon S. Kennedy and Claire Redfield. Okay. So Claire and Chris, they're not in the same game to begin with. Oh. They're in separate. He's in the first, she's in the second. And Claire's first appearance is on an iconic motorbike wearing an iconic motorbike jacket. So when she got on the motorbike, that was, that was a moment where I just kind of went, cool, Claire. Yeah, it's Claire. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
because again she is my favorite character from the game series and seeing that moment despite it being ridiculous everything about that was ridiculous like her just being like i'm just taking a motorcycle i'm like stop being a cunt like you don't need to be one and she gets on this motorcycle i'm not gonna say that word again hold on stop being an arsehole I hate I hate the c word and I slip it slips out every now and again. Stop being an arsehole. Um, and then she gets on this motorcycle and I was like, "Way, that's great. That is Claire Redfield, and that's where I felt that this movie showed so much promise because you're going, oh, whoever made this movie gets it. They get it. They know what we want. But holy shit, they." messed it up so badly like uh, it was this movie is so frustrating to watch as a fan because you see little glimmers mm. of what it could have been if they just split it into two movies yeah. and gone mansion for one movie police station for another movie separate it it's very like the second resident evil film you know, where they're trying to, like, escape after... Apocalypse, yeah. yeah. Was it Apo- no, no, Apocalypse is the one where she's in the desert. I think that's the third one, right? No, that's Extinction. Ah, the first, Apocalypse, The second yeah. one's Apocalypse, third one's Extinction. So, like, it kind of was going for that same <clears throat> kind of rhythm of, like, uh, separate people trying to, like, get out of this city and they're mm-hmm. using the same method and eventually they, like, mm-hmm. square up and then they work together or whatever. And... Um, it was kind of going the same way, but I think what I I think it lacked was like jumpiness. Like I think they had that one moment which I thought was quite good, which was Chris. Um, Chris is in the house, and at this point, he's on his own because uh, his partner got they separated. Four of them separated. His partner had gotten bitten, and then he's in a dark room and there's no light and he's only got like a lighter and he's like trying to flick it on and as he flicks it on there's a face and then it gets closer every time he flicks it on and I was like that's like a game moment a little bit for me because you know like in a game you're just like fucking shit shit so I did like I quite liked that bit because I thought it was quite good because it was never the same face as well like you have his friend and then there was another face over here so he was kind of getting it and then all of a sudden his friend was in front of him but there was somebody at this side and then he was like shit and he had to try and like mm-hmm. fend them off and obviously valentine comes in to save save him so that like but that was a glimpse of real uh, that was a glimpse of how good this director could have been where every shot so it's complete darkness that's only lit by a gunshot yeah very good so it's complete darkness and then you just get bam bam so you don't know what's going on you're here and struggling, and the only time you see anything is when the shot is fired. And I thought that's a really cool scene, and it's so it was so well lit, it was so well paced, and I remember watching it and going, "This director could have done so much with this if we'd just been given a better script and longer." Yeah, I think that's the thing as well. Is like so, like them elements like really bumped it up, and then you had really bad kills. Um, for yeah. instance, um, the guy, the report, I don't like. He's not a reporter. He's Ben something. Is is oh, yeah, Claire's yeah, yeah. friend? He obviously yeah. is very aware of what's happening. He's got the backstory. He's been imprisoned, obviously, for his knowledge, and he's been imprisoned with somebody who's clearly very ill, and he's aware of this, and he gets a hold of. Lillian Kennedy's gun and like threatens him to get him to open the door but completely has just decided to forget that there is a man very ill who clearly is going to turn into a zombie and inside even though he's his uh, character is quite intelligent right and then it's and knows his entire job is unveiling what Umbrella are doing so you're like you'd think he would say this guy's going to become a zombie or or even say I need to get out this guy is going to kill me and then yeah. once the door opens, it's like, or while he's doing this, it's like he completely forgets that that guy is there. So then when he gets attacked, it's very like obvious and disappointing yeah. because there's no even like push off or, or, or second of protection for himself. He just gets bitten straight away and that's it. And then it's yeah. Leon's moment then to be shit at like basically protecting himself. And then Claire has to come in and actually like save him. That's the angriest I was at this movie. Yeah, I was like a little bit like right. I get like I get you want to. You're obviously wanting to show that this woman is very strong and capable, 
and this man is is maybe not as much and I know obviously with you being a fan of the games that's obviously going to be conflicting for the character and it's fair enough because his character was a little bit shit um Mm -hmm. but it was like death scenes like that it's like again Chris his partner who gets bitten he's spending Mm -hmm. he he doesn't it's not there's no fight in it like there's no fight in him so he's like on Mm -hmm. the stairs Chris is fending off three different zombies with two hands, apparently. But his friend can't even fend off one. And is, like, yeah. bitten really quickly. There's just no fight in him whatsoever. And it was really pathetic. He just makes stupid decisions It was really well. pathetic. It's like, I'm going to run here. And then, oh, no. And then I'm going to seemingly purposefully get myself surrounded. Like, watching that scene, I was like, why are you... Why are you going there? Why why are you now going down the staircase that you can see there's zombies down at the bottom of and there's nowhere for you to go? Like, it was just nonsense. Yeah, it was. And they're supposed to be, like, obviously really, like, fit. Special, special ops. ops. They're meant to and, be special ops. And it didn't really it's come ridiculous. across like that. Like, at least when you compare it to... Uh, I can't remember the guy who who is, um, but the actor was in, like, The Mummy. Brendan Fraser. It's, no, it's like, he's not in this film. Sorry, he was in the Resident Evil one. He's in this Apocalypse. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in Apocalypse. And he comes and down extension. and he tries to save the woman yeah, who yeah, jumps yeah, yeah. off the building. Yeah. But like his team and him, like they like all seem to know what they're doing. And when they get killed, you feel like, okay, they got killed because shit happened and there's a lot of zombies. And like, obviously, what are you yeah. going to do? You're overwhelmed. Whereas in this, I felt like, the deaths for them were really pathetic and didn't make any sense. And um, another thing, another problem I have with the film is like the special effects for it were quite bad. Like the zombie, yeah, like the probably. ones that are like the proper monster zombies were not great. Like if you if you think about how old the Resident Evil one were and the dogs in that were fucking scary as fuck. And these dogs yeah. were like green, glowy and like really, really fake looking. So I was like, if they could do that like 15 years ago, I don't understand why your dog looks so shit now. And why didn't they use practical effects? Like, that's one thing that really gets me when it comes to Resident Evil is it's it's an IP that feeds so much into B-movie horror. Uh, talking uh, George a. Romero and Toby Hooper, all those kind of horror movie uh creators you could get away with using practical effects you just need to hire the right people for instance with the dogs in the first movie in the first resident evil movie they just used real dogs and slapped them with blood blood and guts yeah and it worked then digitally added the sharp teeth yeah it worked yeah it looked it looked it didn't look incredible. It, it looks better than the fucking shit, like CGI exactly. tubby dog as because well. It, it was like a tubby exactly. dog. Because it doesn't need to look incredible. It doesn't need to look incredible because with the whole theming around Resident Evil, as long as it looks somewhat tangible, that's fine. That's fine. It, it, it's like William Birkin, when he became... Later on in the movie, when he becomes the monster that he becomes, it's very close to the game. But I couldn't help but feel really, like, short-changed because I was like, no, no, you've got to go further. You have to go further, and it should be practical, and it should look wet and horrible. It should be grotesque. And I feel like they didn't go far enough. Yeah, he was so clean. Because, he was so clean. Yeah. For, like I was like, he's got like loads of eyes and stuff. Why aren't they popping or like oozing or like And he didn't care. He didn't care. He was just kind of walking about like and now I'm a bad man. And I'm like, no 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 no. You're a human being that is becoming a mutated husk. Yeah. 
you would care about that. I want to see the humanity as you become the monster. Especially because this is going to affect like the whole, your whole purpose, which was like to continue to do your work. You can't do your work exactly. anymore because like, how are you meant to do it now? You're turning into a monster. And then also like... Which is another reason I hate what they did with William Birkin. Yeah. and like, Not going to get into and then it because it's like, not relevant. He's got, his yeah. wife just got shot in the head, doesn't seem bothered by that. Yeah. His door is missing, doesn't seem bothered by that. Like it's like he's already turned into a monster, but not really. But he still has the understanding of who he was and everything because he's able to like use that against Chris. Being like, yeah. oh, you're yeah, nothing, yeah, you're shit, you're this. And Chris is just like, all right. <laughs> all right. And so like... Uh, again, so um, so Claire obviously and Lenny are trying to figure out how to get out with the uh, chief, uh, who tried to leave, but Chief Irons, yeah, but Umbrella has like cut cut, cut off every all the exits, so he's come back trying to, and they plan to take a helicopter, but that doesn't happen because the helicopter is taken by a zombie. Zombie crashes it into that house. Um, and you see that the whole scene. So like, it's kind of like two stories are, are are like on the cusp of clashing, but haven't quite clashed yet. Um, and you learn that um, Wester is with Umbrella um, and he leaves Valentine, who obviously cared a great deal about him um, and is, won't, won't leave Chris because Chris is her friend. So she's refusing to leave and he's like well bye because I have work to do type thing so you learn who he truly is but like again if you know the films original other films or if you know that the games is obvious but I guess if you don't then this is obviously a surprise and there's no build-up to him becoming a bad guy he just all of a sudden is and that's it mm-hmm. um and then Claire and Lenny have gone to uh Leon the, Leon, sorry, I'm going to call him wrong all the time. However, from now on, I'm going to call him Lenny. <laughs> yeah, Lenny. <laughs> in this movie particularly, he's a Lenny. He is He is a Lenny. He is not Leon. He's not your he's guy. Lenny. He's so not I'm your guy. He's not. He's a sham. On. He's not the man I knew. <laughs> he's this other man. You're not the Leon I love. You've changed. <laughs> so they go to the... Uh, go to the orphanage obviously like fucking poor Kate's have Claire's having fucking flashbacks being like oh I won't I won't go there but they do because that's their way out apparently and that's when you meet the like the woman what did you call her again Lisa Lisa Trevor yeah who's who basically saves the day saves them um because they almost get killed by one of them really licky ones like liquors, liquors who all they remind me of like the Pokemon. What's his name? The one that licks oh, people. Um, Psyduck. Yeah, uh, Psyduck. Psyduck. Is right. It Psyduck that licks people. I think. There's oh, another no, one. There's a right. pink maybe one. No, yeah, yeah, a the pink, pink one. one with the tongue with the wee round bit. Yeah. So like the licky Pokemon. He reminds me of the licky. If Pokemon. anyone knows the name <laughs> of that Pokemon, please comment it because it's going to drive us crazy. Yeah. So, uh. That comes in and she like is so badass, Lisa. She like launches on the back of this fucking thing and then breaks his mouth open with her. Because she's like imprisoned. She's got um wooden uh, cuffs, cuffs on. Wooden yeah. Thing, yeah. So she kills them with the wooden cuffs. And then Claire asks for help and she gives her a key and shows her to a lift and doesn't come with her, which I thought was quite sad. Um, And then they go down the lift and that's when Claire discovers what they were doing with the kids and everything. Also though, did you not... Like, I don't know if I'm just in this boat because I'm a fan of the movie, of the game, sorry. Um, I hated how the liquors looked. They were really shiny. I think that was another one that could have probably done with just being a person um, because it wasn't great. Yeah. And it's one that, like, the CGI in the original movies, the Mila Jovovich, Paul Anderson movies, the CGI in that was terrible. It was fucking awful, but... That was early 2000s, so I was kind of like, ah, well. Nowadays, I'm like, well, realistically, I feel like you could have made that look better. And that was proven by this terrible, terrible, I'm not going to talk about it much, but this terrible Netflix TV series of Resident Evil. When they had the liquors in it, which was just maybe about a 10-minute scene, the liquors looked great. They looked so good. 
it's just a shame about everything else because yeah but no i agree like they they get some of the the monsters and the series was actually quite good right like, and watching this movie i was like how did this happen like was it maybe it was really low budget so then and then on the other side valentine or jill and chris have now followed wesker into the tunnel Mm-hmm. And they, Wesker has found Birkin. Is it Birkin? Yeah. Well, and his Birkin. family. Yeah, yeah. And basically shoots the mother, shoots him, shoots the mother. The door is left with nobody. But Birkin has also souped himself up with some of the T-virus, G-virus, C-virus, whatever version that he's taken. One he's of them. Taken, um, because he didn't want to give up his work. Uh, and the guy was there to take the work from him. And Valentine shoots him and... So then she saves the little girl because he's, and then he like regrets obviously what he's done. Um, and she's really upset because obviously she doesn't want him to die even though she stopped him. And basically they then start going, going leaving because he tells them about a train or something that's on the ground and they can get out. So that's what they're going for. But Birkin comes back to life as the big monster dude that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So Chris has to go up against him and the uh, valentine and and the child have hidden so this is when like we said he was a little bit pathetic in the way like he's like just became a monster hasn't really like is not battling with the fact that he's now turning into a monster he's just lost his wife his kid is missing none of it he's just decided oh yeah i'm gonna kill chris no reason whatsoever for for his motivation but he's just gonna go kill chris and it's like egging Chris and stuff like that and is like just saying how he's pathetic and how he's like a good little soldier and everything like and how his sister was smarter than him and everything. So really, really shit kind of like petty, like as if like... And basically how Birkin had used Chris as a chess piece. He was like, I've been using you the whole time. <sighs> it's a shame because Birkin was actually quite sympathetic in the games. Not, not entirely, but... Um, Birkin wasn't an evil mastermind. He was someone that had created what others thought was quite exceptional. And they were going, oh, this virus that you've created, the G-virus is going to, it's going to create soldiers that will be undefeatable and blah, 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 blah. And his wife, Annette, she was crazy. Uh, But not really, but she was. And then his daughter, Sherry, all of whom are in this movie, their characters are kind of flipped completely. I would say that Annette, the wife, she's kind of the mad egomaniac in the games. William Birkin is the one that's kind of like, I've got this thing and I think it's important and if you're going to kill me, I'm going to stab myself with it. He's nice. He's the guy that's kind of like, no, I'm just a genius and I've done something that I think could be good. And then you've got Sherry Birkin, the little girl, who's just a cute little smart girl. Whereas in the movie, they make her really annoying. (laughs) It's like... No, you're not annoying though. Like, none of these characters are bad. They're all so... They've got a lot of depth to them. And I suppose maybe that's why I was annoyed at his transformation. Where I was like, no, we want to see the humanity behind your transformation. Because that's something that makes the games interesting. Because it's a gradual change. Yeah, we like like to like the body as well. We like to like the body. Exactly. We like the body to be have a motivation in the sense that like maybe they had a really bad background and their motivations are coming from the right place they just it's been like skewered you know what I mean and it's been messed up and mixed around exactly and when we just have a one-dimensional body who's just bad because oh I'm smart so I've made this and I don't want anybody to take it from me so I'm happy for to inject myself with it and fuck whoever I kill you know what I mean it's kind of like really boring in the sense that I'm just like you're just like oh there's just nothing about this character that kind of makes you go understand mm-hmm. why they're where they're coming from you're just like oh, okay so you just oh you're, you're just, just smart so you just decided no I can't I want to do this so I'm gonna do it so it kind of it's really boring but yeah. Claire comes in and saves her brother um kills Birkin and then they hop on this train and you think that's them saved but it's not 
the bomb goes off, which they knew was going to happen, and the train gets derailed. And Birkin comes back. He's bigger. He's badder than ever. He's all like crazy-eyed and has two faces. He's got a mouth here and a face here. And there's a fight scene. And they kill him, of course. They kill him. And yeah, they survive. And that is, that's that. That is the film in a nutshell. I think that the women were very good, even if they weren't good representations of the characters. Yeah. They were very good. I think that the male char- the male actors were fine. They were serviceable. They, no one in this movie is a bad actor. Yeah. And I think that that's important to say. Like, no one is a bad actor in this movie. The script is not great. Uh, which makes it difficult and awkward, particularly the amount of times they say the word fuck. I I found that quite... uh, I don't know, there was something about it that I I just felt like every scene had the word fuck multiple times. And I was like, you don't need to keep saying that. Yeah. Like, you, you really... I don't know if it was their way of trying to be more adult or whatever, but I was like, there's... This is too much it's too much and i'm not bothered by that word like that's not a word that offends me i just mean that it was just overused constantly that it felt boring and cheap and trying to make people sound badass but it actually did the opposite it made them sound ridiculous uh but i think that i agree with you i think that the women of this movie made it because that representation of Claire Redfield was fantastic and much better than, despite the fact I like her, Ali Larter played her in the other movies. I thought this this representation of Claire Redfield was so much better. Uh, the woman that played Jill Valentine was fantastic. It was a very different representation of Jill Valentine. Very, very different. Sienna Guillory that played her in... Uh, the original ones with Miljovovic, she was very much pulled from the game and was exactly what you would expect from the game. I liked her. She was badass. She's great. She was so great. Her introduction in the film as well is so good where she just like comes into the police station. She just starts shooting them on the head. And they were like, what the fuck? And she's like, you have to shoot in the head. (laughs) I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, badass. Badass. Yeah. And that's Jill, that is the game's Jill Valentine. That's what she's like. This version of Jill Valentine, I was not mad at. I was like, you're different, but I like you. I really, really like you. So Ben, if you had to rate that film, (laughs) we've got three ratings, everybody, three. Three? What's this? What's the claw hand that I just did? We've got three ratings. We've got three. <laughs> three ratings. <laughs> We've got guilty pleasure. Good for a laugh. Ha 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 ha. Kill it with fire. What would you rate it, Ben? I don't know. <laughs> it's really difficult because. I really don't like it. I really don't like it. But there's parts of it that I'm like, ah, it could have been so good. But I, but realistically, realistically, I think I'm going to have to kill it with fire. And that's just because it showed so much promise and didn't live up to it. Kill it with fire. I don't know if I, I say I don't want to kill it with fire because I don't hate it so much that I would like put it on fire. But if I have to choose, I'm going to have to say. Ugh. I'm going to say guilty pleasure because even though I said I probably won't watch it again, I probably will. Guilty pleasure. Honestly, I've seen it three times. Mad. You know? Mad. Like, um, and it's a really difficult one to rate, particularly because we know it's a bad movie. 
watching it, you know that they're doing so much wrong, but there are little moments of, ah, oh, that was good. Why isn't there more of this? And I genuinely, genuinely just want to sit down with the director and say, you had so much right. You did so much right here. Why did it turn into this? Yeah. I'm going to stop talking because I could talk about this for about two hours. So Jess, it's time for Jess and Ben recommend. <laughs> Jess and Ben recommend. I'll go for the first recommendation. It's a bit of a throwback. So recently I have been watching all of my favourite like Asian horror movies. Going back to The Ring, The Grudge, One Last Call, One Missed Call, sorry, all of that kind of stuff. And my recommendation is a movie called The Wailing. And it is probably the scariest film I've ever seen. It's it's hard to describe what it's about, but it is absolutely terrifying. It's called The Wailing. Look it up. Google it. IMDb it. It is frightening. I think it's South Korean. I think. Um, and it involves possession and ghosts and kind of zombies. I don't want to say too much because it's one of those movies that if I tell you what it's about, it's kind of giving away the end. But this is the point of this film. The film is telling us about it, so we really want to watch it, Ben. I can't really, though. <laughs> because if I were to... Basically, The Wailing is terrifying, fascinating, beautifully acted, beautifully shot, I cannot tell you exactly what it's about because if I did, I'd be spoiling the movie. Okay. Because you pretty much spend the whole movie going, what is going on? And then about an hour and a half into the movie, you go, oh my God. Right. And it's fucking great. The artwork looks scary. It's so good. It is so good. It is... It's probably the only movie that I've had to pause and walk away from. Oh. And then come back to it later. I don't want to watch it on my own then. (laughs) I I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I watched it with my friend Carol and I don't think I could watch it alone. (laughs) So, Jess, that's one for the two of us. Okay. We will watch together because it's very, very scary very good again well acted beautiful photography cannot tell you too much about it okay because it'll give it away okay okay the wailing jess what's yours okay so mine i just i had to google it really quickly because i'd have forgotten the name of the bloody thing but it just popped out my head i haven't i haven't watched this now in years so i say this is a good film but i actually could be walking you into a trap um because i've not watched it in a very long time so it's called the painted veil have you heard of it? Okay. Have you heard of it? I don't think so, no. So it's basically about a, a medical, a British medical dive who, doctor who like goes uh, over to a Chinese village to like help fight the cholera epidemic of the time. Ah. But he goes over with his wife has been cheating on him and they're in a loveless relationship. So uh, it's very tumultuous. What am I trying to say? Tumultuous. Tumultuous. Yeah, yeah. Tumultuous. Um, and it's really sad because it's really hard to watch. Like, he's not, he doesn't treat her well at all. Like, obviously, he's heartbroken from her cheating on him. But at the same time, she's in a Chinese village, doesn't speak the language. And, like, her, uh-huh. the only person that she has is a husband that she's that doesn't love anymore and has obviously been cheating on and treats her like shit now. Um, oh god this sounds heartbreaking yeah so the whole uh, it gets it gets really sad but basically the whole film is obviously about 
them living in that that village and their relationship mm-hmm. and how their relationship develops while being there and what happens between mm-hmm. them when they're there but it's a very good film like it's Naomi Watts is like the woman Jess Naomi Watts is one of my first crushes <gasps> no way I love oh Naomi my god Watts. unexpected now, my three first crushes Naomi Watts Sarah Jessica Parker and Jennifer Connelly and their respective films are Labyrinth, Hocus Pocus, and The Ring. I love Naomi Watts. She's incredible. I will watch everything that she does. What's this film called? Remind me. I'm going to write it down. The Painted Veil. The Painted Veil. He was in The Bird, and he was the Hulk as well. Um, oh, um, what? oh, I've met him. I've met you've, actually, um, you've actually met him? Yeah, no, 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 no. I, I chaperoned him in, when I worked in name London at Her Majesty's Theatre. His name is... Yeah, he played the Hulk. He was in Troy. His name is... Edward Norton. Oh, no, not him. <gasps> no, it wasn't him. It was the other one that played the Hulk. That's so funny. No, Edward Norton. What's the other one that played the Hulk? I know Hulk? what you're talking about, but I can't remember his name either. Him anyway. But yeah, so it's Edward Norton and Naomi Watts in this movie. The Painted Veil. I'm going to watch that tomorrow. And then when we get together, we will watch The Wailing because it's fucking great. Brilliant. Super. Okay. Well, I'll see you all next week then. See you all next week. See you next week, darling. Oh, (laughs) why don't you come up and fuck me in the ass? Oh, where did we get that from? Never mind, that's a RuPaul's Drag Race slash Mae West quote. Never mind, never mind. Anyway, bye everyone!